Hey, hey, it's Julie here, Duchess of Muchness. I'm here with another episode of You're in Charge. And uh, what's going on right now? I don't know, just kind of uh, in my brain and realizing I have a means to get what's in my brain and been rolling around in here for years. Um, and I have a way to get it out. So what's been going on for me lately? Uh, first off, thinking about the previous episodes, um, I'm realizing I do spend a lot of time by myself and I spend a lot of time in my own head and I have conversations. And when I'm having conversations by myself in my own head, I can just let the train of thought just trail off and blip, 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 off it goes. No big deal. I either pick it up later on or I just pick up another one entirely. And it doesn't matter. Nobody else is affected. It's just me. But now I'm realizing that I'm kind of doing that in the podcast and that I'm having these trains of thought and I'm not going back and I'm not picking it up. But what I normally do is I'm normally coaching somebody. So there's normally somebody that I have on the other end of this conversation. And that brings me back. So wherever they're at and what they're going through is how I bring the thread back. And um, so it's a challenge working on it. So forgive me. If I don't circle back in that episode, I'm going to try and circle back in a episode. And um, so what was occurring to me was the the thought about a friend that was going back into dating and um, she was tweaking out. Here's something that was going to be awesome and um, could be awesome. But, oh God, no, the saboteurs were, were coming up. And she's having one of those conversations, but she was having it out loud which was interesting. Um, and so there was a little voice and it wasn't hers that was hearing what she was saying. She wasn't aware of it, but she was saying, Oh my God, I can't call this guy back because this, 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 and this is going to happen. And, and this is going to, and this is what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And here come the saboteurs and reasons to not do the thing that was going to be potentially really good. The thing that was going to connect her. And she was lobbing those bombs right into the middle of it. Let me, let me get ready. Let me blow this up before it blows me up. And the little voice says very simply, very wisely, you don't know that. And how many times do we think we know that? We think this is what's going to happen because this is what's happened in the past. And now I'm circling back to that pain. We navigate our worlds through past experiences and anticipation of recreating those past experiences because while we're hoping to recreate the good, we're freaked out. We're afraid we're going to recreate the bad. And what happens if you're recreating with somebody that you've already got history with? So you think they're going to bring exactly what they've already brought. And welcome to every family situation ever. How many times do you go back and you visit your parents and you feel 6, 13, a kid again? You feel completely you might man you might be the master of your domain outside of that family dynamic you might be a ceo 
you might be bossing up. You might have your own company. You might be able to do unbelievable feats. And you go home and oof, there it is. Because we recycle these old stories in our heads. So where am I at right now? Why am I recording this? Because I'm working on my own book and I keep realizing the stuff that I'm, that I'm going through. I keep getting, it's like, it's like I have a scale of one to 10 and I've, I see steps one to six and then seven and eight are missing. And then I see nine and 10 and it's like, well, what's seven and eight? What's going on there? What's missing? And that's just a metaphor. It's not really that I'm missing. It's 10 steps or whatever, but you'll get to know that I use the scale of one to 10 because it's really, um, it's really accessible, really easy and very versatile because you can apply it to anything. So just put a pin in that one and know that we're going to be taking it down a lot. Um, so step seven and eight, what is it? What's going on? And I've been getting this, this awareness in the last couple of days that we get to this place, we recycle the old stories and something stops us. Okay. So we've got the saboteurs, but why, why do we do that? What is it? And every time, and I'm testing this theory out, but I really think it, uh, it's 99% sure. Every time we are blocked, it's because of pain. And here's the kicker. It's not necessarily conscious. So we have history. We've grown to this stage. And just like a sapling, a tree sapling, that, that sapling might have been might have had a branch broken off. And so literally now sap is going to be formed on that sapling. And what's going to happen is that sapling is still going to grow and it's just going to grow around that injury. So now where a branch was going to be, it's now going to be a scar. And so a bump will appear, but that injury happened. And then more layers are built up around that and around that and the tree grows up. But we've long since forgotten that we are that sapling and that that branch broke off. But we built around it. And so we created a dynamic that worked for us. But there's that pain, that injury that came up. And what's worse is, or not worse, but just more challenging we might've been born into that pain. This might be the pain of our mothers or our fathers or their mothers or their fathers and so on and so forth because they were also saplings. They also had those injuries and then they grew up. And so imagine that your grandparents growing up with the depression, what did they learn about their environment. There wasn't enough. They needed to make do with that. That bar of soap needed to last that family much longer. They needed to make a can of beans go a lot farther. And so they developed 
a way of living, that you don't waste anything. Now, what does that mean to the kids growing up in that family? You're going to be looking for lack all the time and you're going to think there isn't enough. Make that last. Even if you are now the CEO of your own company and you could be making millions of dollars, you might have that lack mentality still playing in your background because it's how you were raised, because it was passed down. There's a great story. Um, Loretta LaRoche, she was on PBS for a while there and um, she was talking about stress reduction and she did it with humor, but she had this story about making a pot roast and tight family, you know, um, close with mom and grandma and a lot of uh, history and culture and whatnot. So she's making this pot roast and a uh, young family and um, she seasons it, and ties it up and, and then lops off the two ends of the, of the pot roast or the roast beef or whatever it was and puts the ends on the counter and then puts the roast in the oven and is cleaning up. And she's looking at these lumps of meat and she's going, those are two perfectly good lumps of meat. Why do I cut those off? Like what's going on there? So she picks up the phone and she asks her mom and her mom says, well, it's the recipe. It's what we've always done. And she's like, I got the recipe from your grandmother. Why don't you call your grandmother? So she calls her grandmother and she asks about the recipe and what's going on. And she, and she says, I don't know what you nincompoops are doing, but my pan was too short. That's why I cut it off. And how many of us are working with a perfectly good sized pan lumping off good pieces of meat just because it was habitual, just because it's the way we learned it. So you've got to unlearn, you've got to relearn, you've got to reteach. And the coolest thing, this, this can catch you, it can empower you or it can disempower you. It's the way you want to look at it. But we get to reteach ourselves inside of ourselves. We have what the yin and the yang, the divine masculine and the divine feminine, the dark and the light. We have that inner child, that inner sapling, if you will. It's all inside of us. So what's happened to us in those lack moments, in whatever what we created, whatever our family was teaching us, is really a divorce. It's a divorce of your masculine and your feminine self. And the one that pays the price is your inner child. But your inner child is the one that's been running the show in the background. So while that's all confusing and all kind of woo-woo to a lot of people, it's not. But just kind of think of it loosely and just hold it there as an image as you're going about your day. And that's the way I'm going to tell you to go about a lot of this. Don't try to fix it. Just notice. That's all. Just be curious. Just look at what's going on for you structurally in your life. What have you created? And ask yourself why. So back to my scale of one to 10 and the seven and the eight and the pain, I'm realizing that when we get blocked, that pain comes up and it's unconscious. 
what we've done, that pain is we attribute it to something. Okay, circle back to the flower that I used before where you have a feeling about that flower, but the flower didn't do anything to you. And this is where it gets really complicated because we think somebody did something to us. And wow, there are some really real situations that like rape is coming to mind right now. Violent crime of any sort. Yeah, they did do that to you, and that is real. But when you get down to the brass tacks of it, it is a divorce with inside of yourself. You got a message from that act that said, I'm not safe. I'm not safe to be me. And you stopped trusting you. So you're masculine and your feminine internally separated from each other, which is the housing that keeps your inner child safe, keeps them and the inner child. Think about just any child that is free to be themselves. What do they do? They're curious. They're playful. They're out there. They're playing with color and they're experimenting and they're doing all these things. Well, no, now, now your world in your eyes is not safe. And you stopped trusting yourself. And this can happen in a million tiny ways and a million huge ways. So that pain, that unconscious pain that's blocking you. And I say unconscious because if you really knew what to do, don't you think you'd do something about it? And this is where I have problem with both the spiritual community as well as the, the traditional community. Just either chuck it to the side or, oh, you're doing that to yourself. Dude, if I was doing this to myself, do you really think, like, I'd, I'd stop myself, right? I can't tell you how frustrating it's been to realize that when you're in that, and I hate this term, victim mode, because... Nobody wants to be a victim. We all want to be empowered, but that's where it's at. If you don't consciously know, then you kind of are in a victim mode because you can't see what you can't see. You don't know what you don't know. So the pain comes up. It blocks you from whatever it is in your life that you want, that you think is going to be satisfying. And again, this is what I'm saying is really cool. So you think it's going to be that relationship, get the house, get the apartment, get the new car, get the, the job, find the, the bobble, the whatever it is that you think is going to be so satisfying. And it might be, it might be really satisfying for a short period of time. And then it becomes not satisfying. And you're like, well, why is that? Because the pain is still there. Because that inner divorce still happened. Because that inner child is still trying to run the show. And it'll come out in tantrums because that is what a healthy inner child does when it's not getting its way. So you want to try and listen to that inner child. You want to try to hear what it wants, what it really wants. 
and what's stopping it. So that pain comes up. Okay, good. And what's stopping me from healing the pain? Why can't I see that? And here's the other kick is it's a belief. And again, I'm going to suspect that it's an unconscious belief. If we knew exactly what we believed and we knew that it was contributing to our pain, we would change it, right? Maybe, maybe not. This is, it's simple. It ain't easy. And there's a lot, there's a lot, there's just a lot because these things all get layered in, but your belief, how do you change a belief? Wait, do I want to change that belief? What if that belief is structured in my whole existence? What if that belief is directly connected to my family, my religion, my work, my work ethic? Oof. Now we're talking about the possibility of creating a lot more pain. And so now you are going to try to avoid that pain of changing because that's all our ego wants us to do is to avoid pain. Our ego is there to protect us and it doesn't care what it's protecting. It just knows it's going to protect us. And so we build ego from our childhood on up. We don't have much ego. We don't really, I would arguably say we don't have any ego before age five. It's just living your life. And then your brain starts to develop. And at age five, you start to realize your role in the world or what's your role is allowed to be, who you're supposed to be versus who you were born as. And I'm going to start to lose my train of thought because there is a lot here and it is hard to bring it all back around. But check your pain, check your beliefs and know that your ego and ego isn't a bad thing. Ego, I mean, we have to have ego. We're human. We have to have this. It's in us. We can't remove it. And again, spiritual communities saying, kill your ego. Um, yeah, sort of. Let's, how about we balance the ego? How about we put mind, body, and spirit in balance? And when we are judging, know that that's coming from ego. So whether we judge ourselves or others, and we typically judge ourselves, we are our harshest critic. It's our own inner judgment. So rather than judging yourself for judging yourself, how about you just look at it and notice and just say, okay, yeah, I'm judging that. I don't look good. I don't feel good. I, you know, I'm not making enough money. It's like whatever those judgments are, notice them, but look at it in terms of, okay, I see the judgment there. So that means that I want to better myself. I want something more for me? What am I dissatisfied with? Oh, I want a healthier body or 
I want more money because of, for the sake of, and fill in the blank. And if it's a little A agenda, you know, the bikini body, or if it's a big A agenda, I want to have more health. I want to have more vitality so I can give back to my community, to my family, so that I can be and do all the things that my inner child wants me to do. That's a bigger A agenda. It doesn't matter, really, if it's a little A or big A agenda, you're dissatisfied with something. So notice it and try to go gently with yourself. I mean, we've all, we've all done it. We've all looked for that, that quick fix. The, I don't know, there, there's people that'll do liposuction and wow, that's not something I'd ever want to do, but does it mean they're wrong for doing that? No. How about changing your diet and you just go all vegetarian or you do, you know, the, this diet or that diet, the all protein, the no carbs, the high fat, low fat, no fat, no sugar, blah, you do it all in order to attain something. Well, you're trying to attain a certain image. You're trying to be accepted. So you're not accepting yourself. But each time you try to do those things, you learn something. I've done it. I mean, how many times I've, I've tried all different kinds of foods and, and different diets and exercises. And, and currently, I'm not pleased with where my body's at. But I am more accepting than I've ever been of my body. Like less judgmental, just noticing what's going on. And damn, if my work isn't connecting directly to my body, where I'm bringing up deep, seated grief. I mean, stuff that goes back. I, last week I had something happen to me that, I mean, it shook me. It shook me big time. And I, out of left field, I had no idea. I mean, I'm even stumbling over my words now. I had no idea that this was coming. It was just one of those, you know, random Tuesday afternoon type of Ooh, you get that phone call and it's not good. It, it came across my feed, whatever. And it rocketed me back 30 years, nearly 30 years. Then it rocketed me back. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was 24 years. It was 30 years. And then it was 43 years. And it was all connected to the same thing. It had nothing to do with the information that I got, but it did have something to do with it. And I'm bringing up that grief, but what I'm noticing is that grief is manifesting in my body physically and it's looking to make me softer, have a softer landing. And I'm having an appreciation for my body where it's like, oh, hey, thanks for making that softer landing. And now I can go inside and heal that grief so I can heal my body, so I can have a different presentation with my body. And it's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen. I'm going to do it because I'm committed to it. I don't know what that's going to look like. And I'm just holding it gently and going with it. But I am aware that this is an unconscious 
pain. This is something I didn't have clarity around, but I'm getting clarity around. And I'm doing it for myself, but I'm doing things the way that I've always had to do them because I've been such a classic people pleaser and looking for that approval my whole life. I, in order to get out of my own way, I'd have to do it for another being. So I was um, dealing with depression in my early 20s and it was, it was significant. And I knew I had to get out of the depression. Um, I was going to therapy. I was journaling. I was doing, I knew what needed to be done. I needed to exercise and eat right and do all this. And um, I was living in my parents' basement at that time. And there's like one tiny little window and that little window was actually covered up by a deck. So there was like quite literally no light in my life, in my room, in my space. And I knew I had to get out of that depression, but I didn't feel worthwhile. I didn't feel my own value. And I'm not blaming anybody in my circumstances. That was my disconnect. That was my inner divorce showing itself. And here, you know, you need to come back. Well, I knew I needed something that was, that I could care for, that I was going to love, that would love me and that I would get up and do all those things for. So I got a puppy and that puppy brought me out of depression because he needed to be walked. He needed to be fed. I needed to be walked. I needed to be fed. So what I was doing for him, I was doing for me simultaneously. And that's where I'm saying, like, if sometimes when we need to love ourselves, we need to do it for others first so that we can get the benefits of it ourselves. And if that's how you've got to come at it, if you've got to come in through the back door, come at it sideways, then do it. This world is not structured on a linear basis, yet our society insists it's linear. So this is where the patriarch and the matriarch are flipping. The matriarch, the mother, mother nature, we're coming back to a more natural world. And the patriarch is a more structured world, a more fatherly figure. The ones that are going to go hunt, kill it, drag it home, eat it. Good. Great. Thank you. Like the, the patriarch, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just out of balance. There's nothing wrong with the matriarch. It's just out of balance. And now we're trying to bring them back into balance. So... lost my thought. Forgive me. And just trying to piece it all together. Um, the pain, the belief, I almost just want to stop this and rewind and go back, but anyway, it's not important or important enough to, to lose total track of it. You gotta, you gotta do for you. And Oh, that's where it was. Thank you. The, the linearness 
It's not steps one, two, three, four, and then repeat one, two, three, four. No. Think of a moon snail. If you haven't seen a moon snail, Google it. We've got the technology and look it up. It's a spiral. But you can be on that spiral and be on the outer edge, which is a much slower curve. Or you can be on the inside of that spiral, which is a much more tighter curve. And it's going to spin a lot. But you're on that spiral at all times. You just don't know if it's going slow or it's going really fast. But you're there. And so some of you might be familiar with the grief process, the five levels of grief. What is it? Denial, bartering, depression. Oh my God, I can't even remember the other two. Um, Acceptance. And there's one more. Anyway, when you go through grief, you are going to go through all five of these, these cycles, these steps, but there's no time frame to them. If you lost somebody significant to you, a child, a parent, those things, the bartering, the, it might last longer. The, um, the depression might last longer. Uh, the acceptance might be shorter, but you're going to go through all of them. And there is no right way to go through this. And we're all on our own spiral. We're all circling around and coming back to it. And you're going to keep coming back to it if you don't heal it. So, Yes, these things happen. We lose loved ones. We go to war. We have breakups. We lose jobs. There's loss of money or housing or safety, security. It's all very real. And what it's signifying, if you can look at it, get enough space from it to see it as a metaphor for your own inner separation your own inner divorce from yourself, then you can remarry yourself. You can bring yourself back together and use whatever means is most acceptable to you, the one that's, that you can reach easily and just start stepping toward the more difficult stuff. Notice it, look at it, dip your toe in, whatever but know that it's pain and belief that are probably going to be your stumbling blocks and you're going to keep coming back to them so what do you believe how do you figure out what a belief is how do you how do you change a belief (laughs) my dog really wants to know Barking at that one too. Um, How do you change a belief? Well, there's a great movie. I love this movie. It's called Dogma. (laughs) Interestingly, my dog was barking um, with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And this movie isn't for everybody, but it is a dark humor 
but it's intelligent and I, I love it. But um, there's a scene uh, in this movie where Chris Rock is, a, um, is the 13th apostle, Rufus. And he's talking about beliefs. And he's like, I wish people could just change the word beliefs to ideas because people have fought over their belief, their religious belief for literally thousands of years. But if you just had an idea, you change the idea. It's easier to change an idea than it is to a belief. So change your word, change your wording, flip it, make it work for you. Wordsmith it. I've got this belief. Oh no, I have this idea. I have this idea that this is how my life is. And then you can kind of try on different ideas without triggering yourself and then engaging your ego, therefore engaging your saboteurs, therefore stopping yourself. Because again, the ego is there to protect us. And what it wants to really protect is status quo. It doesn't care what the status quo is. It doesn't care how it was built. It just wants to keep status quo. It wants to keep things the same. It doesn't want to change. It doesn't like change. But our soul, our spirit is looking for that change. It's desiring it. It is absolutely. That's the thing that's dissatisfied. That inner child is your soul. It's your spirit. It's that thing that makes you the most alive, brings you passion. It brings you that color. Like it, it makes that spring in your step and, and your voice gets a little more engaged and you've heard it in your friends. And, and this is actually why I like the podcast versus video. Video is so distracting to me. I, I can't, but I do it also with my calls. Like I've had clients that are like, can we just meet on zoom? Can we do something in that? And I actually deter from that. I will do it on occasion, but I meet over the phone because I can hear things in people's voices that your eyes can distract you from. Hear pauses. I can hear lilt in the voice. Hear passion, aggression. You can hear restraint because something will happen and you'll go, oh, there was a pause. Oh, you came alive there. There's certain things that you can hear that your eyes will tell you is something different. You can magically distract them with your eyes. So don't always believe everything you see, but feel into it. And when you're hearing something too, it ignites something in your intuition and you can speak to that. So Belief and pain. Focus on that. Think about what that is. Notice where your saboteurs come up. What's happening with your ego? What's happening with your inner child? Maybe where you divorced yourself. There's a lot here. And I would love to hear from you. I would love to know what you want to talk about. Um, If you want to actually have a conversation, that's one thing. That's awesome. I would love to have it. 
if you just want me to talk about something else, send me a message. Oh, yes, I can't wait to use this line. Slide into my DMs. Love making my kids cringe. It's awesome. I, I swear I was just put here to be a mother and embarrass the hell out of my kids. It's so awesome. I get so much joy out of it. Anyway, with that, find the things that bring you joy. Find the things that make you satisfied. Notice the things that make you dissatisfied and try to flip them on their head. And with that, I think I'm going to end this session. So until next time, you're in charge.